Welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Talk Surgery podcast for RCSED. I am Gregory Carter, colorectal registrar up in Edinburgh and your humble host. With me as always, good friend, Ceci, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. Same old, same old, I guess. Good, well, summer's upon us, the lockdown is ending, normality is returning and positivity is increasing. It uh, is. staring out at a sunny day in Edinburgh looking forward to a pint oh yes that would be amazing so on the episode today we have a promotional episode actually and back at the inception of of this podcast we talked about a number of streams related to the podcast one is around non-educational material which is a lot of what we've been doing up until now and i'm pleased to say we're starting some of our educational portfolio with our vascular surgeon colleagues, and I'm pleased that we're joined by Patrick Coughlin, vascular consultant. May I call you Paddy? Yes, you can. Paddy, how are you doing? Only my mother calls me Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shall call you Paddy the rest of today. Paddy, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having us on, guys. Well, welcome to the podcast, Paddy. You may well have listened to some of our previous episodes. What we try to do is get to know you and then get to hear your message, which I think will be of particular interest to vascular trainees and vascular surgeons across the country. So first of all, who is Paddy Coughlin? Who is Paddy Coughlin? I'm a vascular surgeon. Uh, I've been a consultant now for 10 years. I work down in uh, Anna Brooks Hospital in Cambridge. I trained at the uh, University of Leeds and then did most of my surgical training in Yorkshire uh, with a, a, a brief sortie to Perth, Western Australia and six-month fellowship down at St George's in London. I've had a, a number of positions with regard to sort of ed- education, but currently I'm a member of the Vascular Society Education Committee. And it's really with that hat that I sort of Come, come to you guys and, and run the podcast today. We are very keen to and thankful that you, you've uh, embraced us uh, with your with your podcast. Um, COVID has um, provided uh, some some changes in how we've delivered our education as a vascular community, uh, but it's also provided us with some opportunities as well. Would you perhaps, if I go through? our education structure um, oh before that paddy we need to know a little bit more about you so about me. Go on oh yeah away. oh no no i i have some questions for you so yeah. why vascular surgery of all the surgical specialties uh, out there why vascular for yeah. you not, vascular not for surgery um and please don't say why not because that's what no, said I, I, um, I was a medical student on the vascular firm and um one of the Senior surgeons there. Well, two, two of the season, senior, the two senior surgeons there were were pretty inspirational to me. Uh, one of them was a, a chap called Ralph Kester, who was a who is a sort of South African um, Yorkshireman or a Yorkshireman South African, whichever way you want to put it. But uh, he sort of took me under his wing, and uh, we did a bit of uh, academic work when I was a student. I think they'd be classified as SSCs or student selected components now uh, and that sort of got me the taste for it really and then there was a there's a chap who um another mentor called julian scott who also sort of took me under his wing and, and that was really it um i'd got into vascular surgery and i never really looked looked back uh, i did my research quite early on in in leeds with with these two um 
met mentors and uh, then the sort of my career path then took its um ended up as it did um i think vascular surgery has has a lot of interesting aspects to it i think that you have the ability to operate sort of throughout the whole of the body really maybe not so much in the chest but 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 uh, a lot of that may be related to cardiac surgeons but there is a bit of sort of overlap there and a bit of collaborative work i think you have sort of for those who want it the big surgery the aortic surgery but you also have quite a lot of fine surgery a lot of the some of the distal bypass work a lot of the fistula stuff that's quite needs to be quite precise surgery i think that we have a good mixture of open surgery but also embracing technology with regard to the endovascular revolution in inverted commas that is uh, that has been upon us over the last 20 30 years i think we have a mixture of prophylactic surgery but also surgery that um, you see immediate results with so you know low limb revascularization you you often see that foot uh, that pale foot pink up nicely after a good bypass or a good angioplasty and, and on the whole the patients are fantastic the patients are, are actually make it they they are very appreciative on the whole yep. of what of what, of what you do yeah and and that's i think the final point there is certainly something that i found in my limited time in vascular surgery with the patients who are ever grateful for for whatever you do for them patty have you ever considered so I, i've listened to your opening remarks with my eyes closed and just thought that is a voice built for podcasting or jazz music have you thought about either of those two things if vascular surgery fails uh it's funny you should say that i used to play the clarinet i knew you did <laughs> to about grade seven and recently have taken it back back up uh, along with a bit of piano so it's my sort of uh, yeah so uh, yeah i've played a bit of jazz in my time um, all right a bit rusty a bit rusty following on from that then if we'll come on to an alternative career and i'll give you time to think about that but say we go down the the jazz route and you and some of your vascular buddies decide to come up with a jazz band what would you call your band <sighs> Well, I don't know. You're gonna to have to give me a bit of time time for that. All right. Uh, <laughs> How about you think about it for the rest of the podcast, and that'll be the that. final thing you tell us at the end of today. Okay. So, if vascular surgery, then if you weren't quite inspired by others in the past, what alternative career path would you have gone down? Be it surgery or otherwise. I always wanted to be a sportsman. Okay. I would wanted to. I. Uh, I my, it's funny. My, my. We were out walking yesterday. I was day off yesterday. And my, my daughter said, asked me this question actually, because I asked her what, 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 what. She's she's fourteen. What What do you want to be? Why? What, what you know? What, what are your thoughts about when you grow up? Uh, she she still said I don't know. And then she went, yeah, what, what? Literally, what what would you have been if you weren't a vascular surgeon? And I'd love to play professional sport. Any sports in particular? Uh, well, my sports were football and cricket. So I still play uh, football, v- veterans football. Um, <laughs> not quite the same standard of cricket on a Saturday afternoon that I did in my, in my prime. But I, I still sort of don the whites and get a few runs. Um, so that's what I would have loved to have done, really. was never quite, quite good enough. Uh, I think you're underplaying that. And, and medicine, different. You know, it's interesting as you look back in your career, what sort of things would have interest me. So I'm, I think what 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 I find interesting at the, at the minute is is around sort of the hematology 
hematology, I think, would have been quite interesting. I think one one piece of advice I always give uh, trainees is is you know, what what might seem really interesting and exciting as you are a core trainee. You, you need to yeah. be seeing able to see yourself doing it in 20, 30 years time. And medicine moves on, doesn't it? And I think yeah. you know I, I find that sort of the coagula the coagulation side of things, and there's so many unanswered questions. There's some new stuff on the market, and the, the development of that. I find that quite interesting at the moment. Uh, so maybe something like that, perhaps. Okay, uh, we're planning some FRCS revision sessions, Patty. So I might bring you to discuss the coagulation cascade uh, on, on one of our episodes. Final question, quick fire one for me is: If you think back throughout your, whether it's consultant or registrar career, just think back throughout your vascular career, what one memorable moment stands out, operative or non-operative? And I expect this will have something to do with an aorta. Um, I mean, my, my major interest is in lower limb revascularizations. I mean, I, I think whenever you get a ruptured aneurysm out of hospital, that, that's a, you know, that, that's a, a, a you know, a, a, a save, especially when you've seen the patient right, right, right at the beginning and see them in ED and, and um, you know, they're, they're, they're in a perilous state often. Um, then that, that gives you a sense of fulfillment. But but ultimately saving you know saving some a, a limb with someone with with critical limb ischemia I think is is is, is also you know there's a, there's a sense of fulfilment with that you know you you've you've prevented an amputation really yeah um, okay. And I, I know I said that was my last question, but it's really not. This question, you might have never got asked this ever before and probably never will again. What is your favorite vein in the human body? It has to be the long saphenous, doesn't it? Oh, I thought you'd say that. There's nothing <laughs> like a, 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 a nice, non-varicous, good-sized long saphenous vein. So the audience, listeners, you can't see... Paddy's eyes light up and he's describing this as though he's describing a nice bottle of red wine or a nice steak, but it's just a long sapphire. He thing. looks so happy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so happy. And I, 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 mean, I, I have, I have a, a, a very good colleague who's, who's a, um, very much into his Venus. Well, I've got two very good colleagues who are very much into their Venus works and they, they may suggest a, a nicely stented uh, iliac vein. Um, oh, right. it's one of their more favorite things but but for me it's uh, got to be the long saffness yeah well thanks for that. that that was fun delving into the mind of a vascular surgeon the next bit is just about sort of your journey and i think one of the things we will get to here through this new vascular series that you're here to promote would be journeys, people's journeys through research and, and other other ventures so from your point of view you sort of touched on your training in yorkshire but just to fill in the blanks or, or the gap between sort of the start of surgical training and how you ended up in Cambridge. Yeah, so I mean, I um, I sort of always, from a medical, as I said, from a medical student, wanted to do vascular surgery. In those days, it was the old house officer system. So I did that as a house officer in vascular surgery. And then I, I, at that stage, I did uh, two years of research in Leeds and, and got an MD from that. And then I came back in and just did a, a sort of a, a generic SHO ro rotation. I think one of the advances in vascular surgery is that we've become our own sub subspecialty over the last uh, eight eight years ago, something like that. Because in, in my day, you, you 
you applied for a general surgery number uh, and then had a subspecialized interest in vascular surgery uh, you know you you became a general surgeon with a subspecialist interest in vascular surgery so your um, cct was in general surgery and you you did the general surgery exam so i sort of picked a course i had a very good um, uh, tpd in the yorkshire region who was receptive to my 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 asks or my requests and i i spent a good part of my training in in hull with a fantastic group of trainers who where you saw a lot of vascular vascular pathology um, so i spent three years of my six or seven year training rotation there and then um at that stage then went off to do some fellowships which i think were important they were specific um, to try and learn some more skills around endovascular surgery, predominantly complex sort of aortic and understanding around the management of end of the endovascular management of sort of complex aortic stuff. So I was, I was lucky to get over to Perth where um, some of the sort of the, the leading people around what fenestrated aneurysm repairs was, and then went down to St. George's again to work for, 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 for a very progressive fantastic couple of trainers down there um matt thompson and loftus who, who trained who were very welcoming and i learned a lot from them and forever thankful for that and then came back up to leeds and sort of finished my training really and it took a little bit longer i took a bit of time out to do a bit more academic stuff i mean i i always again another thing that i say to sort of train these is that you're a long time a consultant so you know take your time, go and get the opportunities, the training opportunities that are out there. If it means coming out of programme for a short bit of time, come out of programme, you know, then really sort of develop your skills, go and, go and find the interesting stuff, go to the, 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 you know, the units that are accepting sort of fellowships and fellows or, and, and go and learn from these people. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was good. Yeah, I had, a, I had a great training actually. Got to know the M62 well. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Leeds and worked in Hull, so it was three years of commuting. So it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, down, up and down the M62. Uh, as some of our listeners may know, I'm training in paediatric surgery, and that is the specialty for commuting. If you don't like to sleep at night, and if you don't mind traveling everywhere all the time, then that's just what you have to do. So I completely feel your pain going up and down the motorways. Um, so it sounds like you've had a fantastic career. I mean, what an amazing journey, a bit of academic, lots of people to inspire you. and Make him sound like he's retiring. He's, he's still young. I know he's still young, Gregory. Oh, that grey hair, maybe, the grey hair maybe suggests not. But... Uh, he is more experienced than us and he has so many, I, I picked so many valuable lessons from what he said in terms of being curious, being unafraid to explore other interests, take some time out. Um, our listeners uh, may remember that um, both you and I have had time out of training. I'm currently out of training now. And I think it's so important to explore different things. But um, let's kind of talk about the meat of, of this you know, promotion, so to speak. So you approached us a few weeks back about an idea for a vascular series, which we thought was absolutely fantastic. It'd be interesting to know how you came up with the idea, um, what the design is and what you envision. I mean, just give our listeners a bit of a teaser, what they can look forward to. Well, perhaps can I give you a bit of potted history about education of vascular, and vascular surgery? Oh, yes. We always which could perhaps, that could perhaps lead into this. Oh, that'd be lovely. Um, 
since vascular surgery became its own subspecialty, that there's been a real drive. It's a relatively small specialty with maybe only 30 trainees a year um, uh, at ST3, ST4, ST5, etc. And so as part of that sort of specialization, it became pretty obvious that we needed to develop a national series of education events. And it was the, the chair of the education committee of the Vascular Society at that time, which was the uh, Professor Ian Chetta from Hull, and came up with these series of initially what we called boot camps, but then it became, we rebranded it to become the Aspire programme. And the Aspire programme delivers a usually a face-to-face two or three-day get-together for all the national trainees at each year. And they get a, a, a series of educational uh, packing, you know, it's a, a bite-sized things within a, that two to three days to that is aimed sort of at their level, at, at the level of an ST3 or an ST4 or an ST6 or an ST8. So for example, ST4 and ST6, the Aspire 4 and 6 are cadaveric workshops for two to three days. Mm-hmm. ST7 is exam preparation, ST8 is preparation to be a consultant, for for example. And they're, they're sort of well now set in, set in, um, in our sort of uh, educational sort of pathway and, and are well received, but obviously COVID came along and, and just completely wiped that out. Which is the theme of the past twelve months. I yeah, absolutely. So we we were we were then developed what we call the Spire Digital, which was a series of Monday night webinars that were really well received. And, and I maybe use this opportunity to thank all the faculty who got involved. You know, everybody put their hand up. Everybody got involved. And there's a really, a real sort of great educational content that we've got on our Vascular Society website. But then it got us thinking about, well, what, how, how else can we sort of deliver things, education digitally? And um, it was really sort of with regard to Keith Jones, who's now the chair of the education committee, Andy Garnham, who's on the education committee, but he's also our SSB chair for the Royal College Surgeons of Edinburgh and myself, we thought we would try and use the, the podcast format to try and um, broaden our sort of digital um, reach, as it were. And, and w- within that, what we wanted was, was to, or what we want to do is to try and educate but also to provide an opportunity to maybe com- combine education and research and academia so that that units are or certainly this is one aspect of what we want it is units that are out there or people that are out there who have done sort of academic or have got academic work that, that probably needs to be disseminated to the vascular community that we can perhaps provide a forum for that so I think that's one of our aims. And I think the second aim is really to, to open up. I think in vascular surgery, we also recognise that we can have a workforce issue. But I think what we would also probably like these podcasts to, to, to do is, is to look at the, the sort of the diverse way that people have developed their careers, how, how they become vascular surgeons, 
predominantly from the point of view of trainees, what are the opportunities out there? How do trainees get onto programmes and that sort of thing? Um, so, so I think that's the, um, the two main facets at the minute that we want to use these podcasts for. And, and also, as I've said before, with regard to sort of our Aspire Digital Programme, we're, we're, we're open for people to come up with ideas as well as, as to what, you know, people, what, what other content, content people want. So we've got people lined up that are going to come and talk to us about their academic work that they've done over the last two to three years. We've, got, we've identified specific units, specific collaborations. Um, and we've also got some plans to, to get some trainees thought through how they found their training to date and I think we'll also look at some topics uh, some specific topics that might be open for debate for education so so controversies um, vascular surgery is well known for having some debates at meeting the British Society of Endovascular Therapy always have a debate session okay. Charing Cross always have a debate session and I think while we may not have a a formal debate. I think what we might do is pick some controversial topics and get some people to come and onto the podcast to to sort of put both sides of an argument really, and to have a that sort of more detailed debate that that, that you don't tend to have that ability to have at conferences because time is short. Yeah. So that's probably what we see from these podcasts. Gosh. Hopefully. That's fantastic. So from what I'm hearing, uh, a bit of education, a bit of inspiration, some information and some controversy. It sounds like a soap opera, but a vascular soap opera. I'm really looking forward to this. And you the mentioned... The vascular equivalent of Coronation Street. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know, maybe you can call it brisk bleed or something. Someone's always bleeding in the corner. Um, so... Um, you alluded to some guests and some particular papers and some topics. Do you want to enlighten us or can you reveal any of the people that we can look forward um, to or any of the topics? Yeah, so I think uh, well, ho hopefully what we're going to do, two of the topics we're going to look at is one around critical limb ischemia. We've got, um, I, I think we're keen to hear from trainees. So we've got two trainees who are just finishing at um, their research who have agreed to come and join us uh, from uh, the Leicester group. Um, so, so Leicester have been at the forefront of developing pathways of care to improve outcomes for patients with critical limb ischemia. Uh, and while they've got a, you know, a really well-functioning clinic there, they've also wrapped around a lot of academic work around this. And, and um, John and Andrew are going to come and join us uh, in the next few weeks just to talk about their experience, their outputs. And we will get into hopefully a bit of detail around, you know, what around the work that they've done, the results that they've got, where yeah. they see this work going forward from the point of view of things like frailty and, um, you know, expedited treatment of patients with limb threatening ischemia. Okay. So that, that's one. I think vascular is a really forward thing. We've got a really forward thinking group of trainees and new consultants. Um, and there's a collaborative research network who've done a hell of a lot of work around um, COVID to produce a multinational piece of work. Fantastic. Um, so Ruth and Sandeep hopefully will, will come on and, and 
use the as I, as I was saying use this sort of longer format to really get into some of the the um, where the idea came from what the problems were that they they um, uh, faced from the point of view of getting a sort of multinational collaborative up and running um, so they're certainly two that we've sort of got lined up and there'll, there'll be more to come no doubt as we as we move through the next few months. Well, that sounds absolutely amazing. And I can't wait to see this all unfold. And can I just say a big thank you for, you know, forming this collaboration with us and also for championing innovation in vascular surgery, because it seems like you guys really responded in quite a positive way to the challenges of the pandemic. But more than that, you're also giving opportunity to trainees to give ideas to shine and to get involved so that's fantastic I don't know what you think Greg yeah I'll echo both of those comments and I think you know creating a platform where your uh, trainees and, and fellow vascular surgeons can showcase their pieces of work and and have some productive debate is is great I'll also echo the thanks for choosing this podcast to to help disseminate some of that information as well and finally, to congratulate you on, this is fairly novel, uh, certainly in the UK that I'm aware of having, bringing sort of these educational roundtable debates to a podcast. And I hope that other subspecialties and specialties within the college and further field uh, will take this as an opportunity to do something similar, having seen some of the successes that the series will have. So well done. Thank you. And looking forward to it. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks to you guys um, for making this happen. Um, it just, it's been enlightening actually to show the amount of sort of hard work and organisation that, 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 that goes into these. Um, we're very appreciative. We want, you know, helps us, you know, cement our, our role within the Edinburgh College as, as well. We've got, you know, we've got a, a, a number of Edinburgh um, fellows. So, um, you know, I think it's important, yeah. Yeah, and we talked about some of the potential issues with the workforce moving forward. And I and I hope we will get to hear from some people who have ended up having flexibility in their training and and demonstrate to others that it is possible to not have that straight route from start to finish in six, eight years, whatever it is. So really looking forward to some important and and, and um timely messages that will come out of the podcast. So I know you've got a good lineup. Yeah, that's certainly one of our podcasts that we've got. Uh, we're just trying to get to the, the the right people in on that, and um, we mm. may expand that a little bit into a bit more of a workforce sort of discussion as well. Um, but that, that should be really interesting, actually. Well, Paddy, thank you so much for coming on. It has been an absolutely fantastic opportunity to talk to you and to get people excited about this vascular series. Um, I know I'm very, very excited about it. Um, what do you think, Greg? You must have one more comment because you always have one more comment. Always have one more comment. You might start calling me Gregory. One more comment. Carter. Um, Paddy, at the start of the podcast, you were going to tell us the name of your jazz band. Just going to go. ask him that. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. I thought you forgot. my shine. Sorry. Okay, go sorry. for it. You do sorry. it then. Ask him then. I already have. Paddy? There you go. Right. So I've been thinking about this. Uh, the name of my jazz band would be grass balloons and stents uh, oh why <laughs> <laughs> bypass grafts angioplasty balloons and as vascular surgeons we try and stent as much as we can 
Touche, touche. Oh my goodness. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well done. That was worth the wait, actually. And I'm glad I gave you the, it was. the uh, 36 minutes to come up with that. So excellent. I had a bit of chest pain at that. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Appreciate so and applaud, Ceci. Appreciate and applaud. That was really good, Patty. It was. Well, um, I think that's a perfect note to end this podcast. So again, thank you so very much for coming on. Looking forward to working with you and to a very wonderful collaborative episode and to learning so much more about vascular surgery. Um, guys, if you have any questions... Comments... Sure I could just say it will oh, yes, also be my colleague, uh, Andy Garnham, will be heavily involved in this as well. So... Um... I'm going to give a shout out to him while we're uh, while we're here. So he, we, we'll be partners in crime, no doubt. Oh, of course. That's the first shout out we've had in this podcast. I almost feel like saying hi to my mum because she does listen from time to time. Um, does she? Yes, yeah, she does. She does. Uh, just one final thing from me, actually, Paddy. So obviously there will be a lot of vascular trainees and, and others who are within your community who want to get in touch. Um, Ceci is about to tell us how they can get in touch with the podcast as a whole, but are there any social media platforms that people can get in touch with you both? Yeah, we, we've, got, um, we've got a Twitter account that uh, the Aspire Digital um, runs through, which is Vascular Webinar, um, which a lot of the um, trainees should know. There's a Vascular Society Twitter account, which the handle is at BSGBI. Um, but we can sort of certainly provide those to you and maybe get those out at the next, uh, our next podcast in a bit more of a formal way. Oh, fantastic. And certainly we'll try and promote it from our end as well. But um, guys, um, as Greg alluded to, our email address is still the same. It's comms at rcsed.ac.uk. So that's C-O-M-M-S at rcsed.ac.uk. Please get in touch. We'll love to hear from you. And it's a goodbye from me and from Greg. And until next time, stay safe and please be kind to each other. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.